also as, you know, uh, um, ascension into God, ascension into God, that as he journeys from outer court to, to, uh, um, to the holy place, it says it, these are stages of resurrection. But as he wants to enter in to meet with God, it is pure ascension. So he must be prepared in ascension mood to be able to meet with God. So in our day that if we are going to be prepared to meet with God, we must, there are sacrifices we must be doing intentionally, intentionally to be able to be with God always. In their day, it was once a year, but in our day, it's 247. Yes, in our day, it's 247. So there must be sacrifices that must be made continually for us to be with the Lord always today. You know, so I, I think I'll stop here so that uh, some other person will pick up. Hallelujah. Good evening, sir. Good evening, house. Okay, last, last Thursday, uh, one of the things uh, that was said is it was still on priesthood. And, uh, and one of the points that was raised is that God wants all men to come to him. And it is priesthood that pays the price to draw all men to God. And Papa also cited that, that the issue with the body of Christ today is cited the issue of identity, not knowing who we are. And the scripture he read was First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, uh, that we are the chosen generation, royal priesthood, peculiar people, holy nation, that we should show forth the praises of him that have called us out of darkness into uh, the marvelous light. So, and he also said that what God is looking for is not a one-man priest. God is looking for a nation of priests uh, using Israel as, in, as a prototype that what God, uh, God's heart be from the beginning uh, is a people that will proclaim his praise, a nation of priests. Uh, so that is part of the thing that was said last Thursday. Thank you. Hallelujah. Okay, one of the things that stood out for me was... Um, Talking about um, the ascension, you may mention of ascension, and equally may mention of the principles. You know, there are principles that lead to that ascension. Um, he was talking about that you can have, right, that's one of the things that stood out for me that last week, that you can say you want to come before the Lord or the priesthood ascending into the most holy place. If God, is, if God can find the 12 tribe in his heart, he cannot ascend there. So, and he, he, he made mention of, um, of, he said there are little, there are things that we, there are certain principles that we don't pay attention to. At the same time, we want to put those things aside that we want to, we want, we want to go to meet with the Lord. 
But what the priest, the priest would fight for us is he made mention of the 12, the, the, the table of true bread is actually the nature of God. He made mention of the, the incense. Um, I think he talked about the incense. Pastor Chu equally made mention of that incense. When you were talking about that, 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 that incense, you talk about the process which incense is made, that the incense is called, and you were talking about um, is actually the prayer of the saint, meaning there is nothing like man's desire there. There's nothing like man's agenda there. There's nothing like man's program there. It's purely about the saint, the life of God, which is actually the life of the saint, meaning that you are not in ascension. We must know the things that God loves. We must know the things that God, you know, um, Francis, um, based on that, Francis that made mention of that scripture that Jesus Christ said that he's not just saying that um, maybe if you want to give an offering, he was connecting it to what Papa thought about principles. That now he said uh, these principles is a principle that must govern our lives. That without this principle, that you can't have something against your brother. At the same time, you want to go approach the Lord or you want to please the Lord. So it was a principle that we need to fight our, we need to actually judge those things in our heart, make sure that those principles governs our lives. You know, that, that is the only way we can ascend. That is not just talking about, okay, maybe you want to go and give an offering. Now remember that you have something against. He's talking about the principle that governs our lives. That if we begin to look at the priesthood, um, there is no program of man in priesthood. It's all that has to do with the agenda and the will of God. Praise God. All right. Thank you so much. Pastor Samson, you have anything you want to say? What about you, Shagun? One of the things that stood, that stood out to me is what Pastor Chidi said about it, that when the people, when we enter into the tabernacle, into, it's not like a, it's not a straight, like a vertical thing, a horizontal thing. It's a vertical, that is its ascension. We are saying whenever we come to, God, come to God's presence. So that's what stood out to me last week, sir. Like, very well. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I perceive that we should still continue on this issue of uh, identity. I hope you hear me. This issue of identity. I mean, I have learned a lot from the construction work that is going on here. Okay. Um, I have come to understand that in a construction site, there are different, um, different, um, engineer, different what, different, um, different parts of the construction, different stages. So the word is stage, right? Different stages in construction. Like, you won't be expecting the roofer, the guy who roofs the building, to start his work 
when it's foundation time. So I got to realize that even when I'm rushing some of the workers, they will tell me, oh God, there's nothing we can do if this one is not done. I remember when the, when the pillar, when they were trying to uh, cast the pillar, the carpenter kept on coming here. He would come from there, walk up here. He would look around and then go back. When I tried to hurry up, he told me, say, oh God, if the iron bender doesn't do his part, if they have not put the foundation of the pillar, there's nothing I can do. I don't know if it makes sense. So there are different stages of things when it comes to, you know, building a house. Am I making sense? Please? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when, please bear in mind what I just said now, that there are different stages when a house is being built or in a construction site. Did you hear that? Now, what is in question here is the building of the Lord's house. Okay? So, it doesn't just happen by happenstance. I hope you hear me. Please, pay attention. There has to be a foundation now. I hope you hear me. There has to be a foundational process. The foundational stage must be completed. Do you understand? Before any other thing can rise. Okay? Now, you see, in most of the... Um, um, permit me to say churches or most of the teachings that we have seen flying around the whole place people just jump in from anyhow any place you get now if you are if you are able to get a if you are a historian permit me to use the word historian or if you are a scribe because a scribe is someone that documents I hope you hear what I'm saying. If you are a historian, or if the kingdom life is important to you, you should be able to understand the moves of God. Did you hear? Did you hear that? The moves of God. Now, I came into the body when the move was, there was a voice or a trumpet and they didn't call it trumpet of faith they called it the voice of faith right I guess they got it from uh, John the baptizer who says I am just the voice of one crying out in the wilderness you understand so there was what is called the voice of healing all right and then there was, a, uh, there was a voice of faith. Did you hear? And there were different messages or trumpets. And each one of them came after the other. Do you hear? So when you just jump in from anywhere and just start off like that, and you are not able to pay attention or consider the foundational stage 
of whatever it is that you're doing. First of all, you have to know that you are building a structure. And the structure you're building is a spiritual structure. Now, if you understand that what you're building is a spiritual structure, then you must also understand that the materials for building that structure must be also spiritual. Right? Am I okay, Pastor? Do you understand? So you can, if you are really, because when we see what is going on around us now, and this is not to say that we are the best. <laughs> Do you get? It's not to say we are the best. We just happen to be blessed or lucky to, or mercy was shown to us, or privilege, thank you, sir, you know, to get a glimpse of what the heart and the mind of God would be, right? Praise God. So, because of that, it gives us the opportunity to be able to actually have an helicopter view or an overview of the process, okay, and the stages that is required for the building of God's house. I don't know if you hear me. Praise God. So if you don't know that, that's why someone like Paul will tell you, I am a wise master builder. And then he would also admonish us that there is already a foundation in place. And he will tell you that there is no other foundation that any man can ever build. Any man. Why? Because God has already laid the foundation. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear that? Praise the Lord. Now, it is from that foundation that the building should rise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, if the foundation has been laid and the request or the demand from God is a building. Okay? Now, a building is not made of like, let's say you're building a straw house now. You can't tell me that the foundation of the house is made of straw. Hmm? Or, if you say you want to build a brick house, you can't tell me that the window of the house is block. Neither can you say the roof of the house is block. Hmm? Even if you did casting, okay, that casting must take a mood of, you know, to give room to the flow of water. Because if it is flat, it will just carry water. And after a while, the building will just sink. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, why am I going here? I'm going here because it's not a one-man show. And the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have shown us 
That is not the one marshal. Did you hear that? This afternoon, this afternoon, we had a small meeting with the pastors. Hmm? And in the meeting, Pastor Uche brought up something very profound. And he said that the church, the design of the church as we see it is such that man would not get to his final destination. Please, could you repeat what you said, Pastor Uche? You know, you based on the question you you asked, um, you were talking about that. Um, just like what you explained, that we're supposed to know that um, as a believer, that's where we are headed to. Um, and if we don't really put the structure that is um, that is needed, it's going to be difficult for we to arrive at our destination. So, and you begin, you, you ask a question that um, there are two kind of believers, you, you are talking about two kind of believers, one that pursue gifting and manifestation, and one also that pursue the nature of God. And we, we now arrive at a place um, that will say that, um, is, is, why is he going, why um, is difficult for, all the things we have seen in the church so far, why it's difficult for the children of God to be built up is that the foundation, that the structure that actually raised this present church is not, the foundation is not the right foundation. And so it's going to be difficult for that which God is actually looking for, to actually, you know, for we to see it. Did you hear that? Go ahead, sir. I just want to add something to the process that you are leading us today. It's very profound. You see, my mind just got back to, my mind got back to the patterns in the old. The patterns in the old, like the, in the days of Noah, Noah was found to be a righteous man. He was the only righteous man, Noah with his family. And um, that was why the covenant of rainbow was given to him. Huh? So the covenant of rainbow is given to overcomers. Mm. Yes. And uh, if you check the colors of rainbow in their progression, mm. in their progressive order, mm. you will see that the foundation is still red, mm. which is still the foundation. The blood of Christ is an eternal foundation. You understand? Uh, so God is not missing what God is not going to change any of the patterns for anyone tomorrow. So when we talk about the issue of identity, it is important that the issue of the foundational position of the person, the person, the blood, the covenant in the blood of Christ is well understood. Because without it, that covenant, the new covenant cannot stand. It cannot stand. So God, foretelling that, had to first of all give it to Noah. And that became their saving grace. Because the, 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 the one who... Who locked the ark was not Noah. No. It was God who locked the ark. Mm -hmm. uh, so go, uh, uh, from, from that red, you, you come to the next color, which is, um, which is uh, orange. 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 Mm -hmm. orange mm -hmm. Like this. Mm -hmm. 
You understand? Orange talks about faith. So when you nearly come into Christ, mm. the understanding of the foundation, which is Christ, the blood of Jesus, and mm. things like that, the next thing is to understand what is faith in mm. him. Mm. Faith in him. Not the faith of the son, mm. but faith in him. Where you begin to look for things, you know, as for headaches, as for this, as for that, it's well understood. God made it that way. That that is the progression it will go. After that, you come to the next color, which is yellow. It is the advent or the coming into understanding and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and the gifts, the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Without that operation, you can't come. That life cannot come. That life you receive that new birth cannot begin to find expressions, which is green, which is color green. You understand? Uh -huh. That was why when Paul was talking to the Colossian church, he said, if you truly be risen with Christ, set your affection." On things above, not things on earth. You understand? So, that there comes a time in that journey that the new creation has to reset his affection. The reason why he's resetting his affection is because there is an internal walk that is moving progressively. That internal walk is the life of Christ is beginning to want to find expressions through actions, through habits, through attitudes. Without that, uh, that life is still held up captive by humanity. It's still held up captive by humanity in whom that life resides. So this progression is, is placed there for us to actually come to an understanding of how this house must be built. How this house, this righteous house must be built. Mm. Because from that progression, from there, uh, uh, that color uh, uh, green, mm. the, the, the next one is blue. Mm. When you become heavenly, mm. a heavenly man, mm. one who can ascend and descend, mm. one who can now, uh, 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 you know, assess the pleasures of the Lord, mm. assess his burdens, mm. because you are able to go to him. Mm. You are able to go to him. You, 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 you now can boldly say, I fellowship with the Lord. You understand? It's not like before. <laughs> and after that color, indigo. after that color is indigo, which is what? The perfect man. Mm. It's the perfect man. Mm. It is when you become heavenly that you can be perfected in your attitudes, your actions, your appetites, your motives. You understand? And the final color, which is violet. violet. Mm. That violet talks about the divine man. The divine man. Mm. Now you are exactly as God is. Mm. So divinity has taken residence in you completely. Mm. So that is the progression. But why I brought it up is the issue of foundation. Mm. So if the foundation, which is the understanding of the blood, what he did, mm. how you were sanctified, how you were redeemed, the efficacy of that blood, that even that blood is still speaking in your life. It didn't speak once and stopped. It's still speaking in your life. And by that blood, you are redeemed from every powers of darkness. He says, because we haven't, we haven't redeemed from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So when you say you want to begin to pursue demons, you are just wasting your time. It means that understanding of redemption is not seated well. It's not seated well. Once it is seated, you know the things you are delivered from. You can't be delivered from and you are sold unto again. You understand? Because you were once sold by the first Adam. The last Adam came and brought what? Redemption. Redemption. 
So that's just uh, the area I want to bring and add to uh, the trajectory. Praise God. That's what you're still talking. You're done? Oh, okay. Hallelujah. So do you get that? Praise the Lord. So when you understand, when we come to that understanding, then you can't just be crisscrossing anyhow. I hope you hear me. I remember uh, Bishop Osagi of Blessed Memory. I was in Christ Chapel when uh, um, we were doing some work. So we were a bit late, and Bishop Osage drove down from uh, Urumi to Lagos and came straight to Christ Chapel, and he was looking for Pastor Jordan. He had an envelope in his hands. And in that envelope, I got to know what was inside. He was transferred from Urumi to Lagos. And he told his pastor. So, you know, these days we don't have this kind of culture. But his pastor was an ancient saint, an old saint. So he knew that he, this man has labored in his church and he's going to another environment. So they had to prayerfully pick a church and they chose Christ Chapel. And he wrote a letter to Tunde Jordan. And in that letter, he told Tunde Jordan that this man is trusted. A church worker, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that, and I am handing him over to you. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, that is the culture of the New Testament that most people don't even know. Did you hear? Because he had been raising the man and had to hand him over to this pastor who is supposed to look into his foundational structure and know what is required to feed into this man. I hope you hear what I'm saying. But things like that don't happen these days. A young man will just come into your place, come and survey, 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 and tell you that the Spirit of God told me that I was just passing, that I didn't even know that the church was here. The Spirit of God came and told me, turn right, and I turn right, and okay, enter, I enter, and then he came and said, stay here, and all that. The day you offend him, he's going to get up and he will forget all the things he told you. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's supposed to be continuity. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I'm saying? There's supposed to be continuity. See, so when, you, when you go into things like this, you now realize that raising a saint is not a play. It's not jokes. It's not a, a gamble. It's not a bet Niger and stuff like that. It's a serious thing because you're supposed to continue from the labor of the other pastor. So when you see that when things like this happen, there is no competition. I hope you hear what I'm saying. There's no competition. And then it's, okay, that pastor now in Urumi, okay, would he now say, ah, the Lord say he shouldn't go to Lagos because he wants him to stay in Urumi. Because sometimes you go and meet your pastor that this is what's going on and the pastor won't want you to go because he wants his congregation members to be complete and full. I hope you hear me. But it shouldn't be like that. When you understand that what you are building, first of all, you have to know that you're even building a house. Most times, and this is very important for you as a priest, 
Did you hear me? When you are building a house, you must understand what you are building. Go and check the plan. See, we deal with myself as a chair, as a Samson, as a Dave, and the rest of the other pastors. We are doing construction, so we consult those who are specialists. You understand? In fact, when we're doing the water gantry, uh, Stan Gossi had to call a colleague of hers to assist in the deliberated on issues and came up with a resolution. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So when you know that what you're dealing with is spiritual, how you access it is important. How you build is important. Did you hear? Now, if you know that you are a priest, hmm? because a lot of times believers don't want to engage. They want to hide behind the trees. And they would like to push their pastor. Do you hear? While they hide behind the trees. Now, hiding behind the trees is because they don't want to get into any form of responsibility. Did you hear? They want to be in church, but they don't want the process. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And then the pastor himself is very happy because he now occupies a place of authority by telling them what to do. But that on its own is very dangerous because the Lord is not going to find it funny with you. Because at the end of the day, you will have led a bunch of people that never knew God. I don't know if I'm making any sense. You know what it takes to get a saint to change, to turn the materials in the face of adversity, in the face of the militation of the spirits of this age, did you hear me? Do you know what it takes to deal with you and 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 you? Each one of you. And this is why the issue of judgment. Don't judge. If anything offends you, go into prayers. Did you hear me? Because when you judge, you don't have the capacity. And you judge by what you see. And you are not supposed to judge by what you see. Because Isaiah tells us that he, judges, he doesn't judge by the sight, nor by the hearing of ears. Did you hear me? So if you see something that is not okay, you feel it's not okay. Rather than going to judgment, you should go into prayers. Because what you are seeing is evil to you because that aspect is not where you fault. In. But I have news for you. There are some other aspects where you are falling. But it has not shown up yet. 
the circumstances have not been made available. So you are going around thinking that all is well. That's part of what we're discussing with Pastor Uche and Pastor Samson and Pastor Dave today. I hope you hear what I'm saying. There are things that are latent. They don't need to show for now. And you don't know you are carrying those things. You feel everything is fine until the right atmosphere conducive for that thing to show its face. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Then you are shocked. And you are wondering what's going on. And you look around, nobody's there. So you quickly just hide it back. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So the issue of judgment, the issue I said, don't judge. Did you hear? Because when you judge, you have just exposed yourself and you have given up yourself on the platter of judgment. So they will now judge you with that measure. <laughs> Do you hear? That's what Yeshua said. Okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. So coming back to what we're saying, when we come to the understanding of things, we begin to see that this is important, that every single one of us have something inside. Every single one of us. And I'm not here to force you to accept uh, evil. I'm just telling you that we all should, you know, give up what we have. I hope you hear me. Now, when you understand that, and you understand also as a pastor that there are different people with different issues, and they are all in different stages of their progress, then you cannot be authoritative in your assessment, but rather you should always de de depend of this, on the Spirit of God. Did you hear me? Always depend on the Spirit of God to help you in your work as a minister, as a priest, as a pastor, because he is the one who has the general oversight and he's the one who has the gifts of Christ in his control. And he's the one who distributes to every single one as he what? Wills. Did you hear what I'm saying? Praise God. That's why the assignment of a priest is not an arrogant one. Did you hear me? The assignment or the profession of a priest is not an arrogant one. Now, if we look at the book of Hebrews, it tells us that every priest or every high priest is what? Is appointed from where? Amongst men. Okay? And that no man takes that honor upon himself. Are we together? 
Hallelujah. And that's um, Hebrews chapter 5. It says, For every high priest is taken from amongst men and is appointed for men in things pertaining to God. I would like to repeat it again. You see, we are so full of things that when we read scripture, we don't read it with a clear eyes. We read it with our reasoning. Did you hear me? Now, what I just said now, I have, I have read it so many times. I've preached on it so many times. But just now as I'm talking, something just came up. For every high priest taken from amongst men is appointed for men in what? In what? So you see that it's specified. Did you see? You see that the Spirit of God is not making any mistakes. Huh? He said that his appointment is what? For men in things pertaining to God. Did you see that? So that's where it's going. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So any person who, just like a pastor, was called from amongst men, okay? And the pastor is what you call a shepherd. Hmm? When you hear the word shepherd, then you would also know that the next thing after shepherd must be what? Sheep. Hmm? Hmm? She. 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 Shepherd. Sheep. Did you see? I hope you hear what I'm saying. So, he's a shepherd and he's supposed to feed sheep. Did you hear that? What do you feed the sheep with? Two things. Grass, water. Right? Grass, water. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down where? You see, the pasture is specified. Green. Did you hear? He leaded me through where? The paths of what? Righteousness. Can you see how def definite it is? Hmm? Hallelujah. So, 
As a pastor, you can't lead your people elsewhere. But what we have seen, okay, is, first of all, pastors have been raised. Okay? What we see now. Those who have given plenty of money get appointments. Hmm? Those who have been loyal to the man get appointed. Without judging and assessing their heart content. Without spending time and spending time with the Lord to find out their potentiality, if that's a good word to use. Are we together, please? Because if you know if you are conscious of the building, if you are conscious that the church is not a place where you collect offerings and where you come to dance and sing and things like that, hmm? and this other aspect, if you know that the church, you know, let me leave this part. But the purpose of the church is to lead God's people through the paths of righteousness to where the Father is. I hope you hear what I'm saying. From the book of Hebrews, we can see that, that the high priest is raised up from amongst men. I hope you hear me. For men... In things that pertain to who? To God. So, which means that the high priest, his main focus is God. And his main focus is to do things that would help you get to God. Let's look at that Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter 5. For every high priest taken from amongst men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Did you see? Now, the people that the high priest is um, let me use one one word. What's judicate? Is it judicating? <laughs> Adjudicating. Is that a good one? Eh? You know, me too. Uh, you know. <laughs> Do you get me? Praise God. Are we together? Uh-huh. You see, so that's the area. You understand? So, that his assignment is that, first of all, he knows that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Every high priest must know that. Every pastor must know that. Everybody who is in the process or in the business of building a house for God must know that this is the state of things. 
So you cannot move and officiate or adjudicate. <laughs> are you getting me? Ignorantly. You must understand that you are bringing men to God. But the issue is that the men you are bringing have issues. They have sin. So, as a high priest, you are to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Now, he can have compassion. So, you can't do that without compassion. And you can only have compassion, you can only do this with compassion. Did you hear me? Without compassion, you can't do this work. Did you hear? You have to have compassion. So you have to have a clear understanding of the state of things. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Blessed be God. So when you know the state of things, it gives you a better insight into your assignment. Did you hear? We talked about, I don't know if it was uh, preparing his bride or Mechizedek school, when uh, Moshe got to, it was in front of the burning bush, and the Lord told him to put his hand in his bosom. When he put his hand in his bosom, he said, bring it out. He brought it out. When he brought it out, he saw leprosy. Did you hear? Leprosy is a symbol of what? Sin, right? So he was so shocked. And the Lord said, relax. Put it back. He carried it and put it back again. I brought it out. It was not there anymore. I hope you hear what I'm saying. He told him something. Hallelujah. He told him, what do you have in your hands? He said, it's my staff. And I think we have talked about staffs and scepter in this ministry. A few days ago, or a few weeks ago, right? Where we said that scepters represent you. So he said, what do you have in your hand? He said, it's a scepter. He said, okay. Threw it to the ground. And the man threw it on the ground. What happened? It became what? It became a snake. What the father was trying to tell him is that you are a sinner. You have the nature of sin. I hope you hear me. Did you hear that? So Moses or Moshe had a clear understanding of what God is trying to do. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So even though he was a deliverer, even though, yet he too was a sinner. And God showed it to him. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And because God showed it to him, all right, he knew exactly the program of redemption. And then, of course, we know that he developed into it as time went on. Okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. So here we see, he's taking it out again. So the issue of compassion, you can never ever Say you are a priest and not have uh, compassion. He says he can have compassion 
on those who are ignorant and going astray. Since he himself is also what? <laughs> now, for your information, we're not talking of just Levites now. We're not talking of regular people. We're talking of high priests. The man who is going into the presence of God. Did you hear? So he himself is subject to weaknesses. Because of this, he is required as for people, also as for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins. And then he now says that no man takes this honor, but he is called of God. Right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when you understand this, first of all, as a priest, don't live by assumption. Do you hear me? Now, the issue of sin and the issue of man and the issue of Satan is a mystery. I hope you hear me. And you only need the person of the Spirit of God to assist you in unraveling the mystery. I hope you hear me. A babalawo, a juju priest, okay, cannot conduct his services without spirits. I hope you hear me. So he is wise enough to know to appease those spirits, to assist him in doing what he is doing. Yeshua said, don't play with the spirit of God. I hope you hear me. Don't. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So the person of the spirit of God is a personality that we cannot afford to play around with. And we have to be totally dependent on him because he's the one that will clarify for you. When Nathan was affirming to our uh, father, King David, that it's okay for him to go ahead and uh, build the temple for the Lord, halfway, the Lord told him, go back. Go and tell him that he's not the one. Isn't it funny that Nathan, the high priest, gave approval? But that approval he gave was not... It wasn't God's approval, so which means that he, it was emotions. He judged by what he saw. I hope you hear me. But the Spirit of God called him back and said, no, go and tell him that his hand is full of blood. It is his son who is a man of peace. I hope you hear me. Did you hear? Now, it means that you cannot deliver the life and nature of God during warfare. Hallelujah. Who can help us? Because I noticed that everyone, that's cut everyone. 
So who can help us interpret that? Pastor Samson, Pastor Francis, Raif York, who? What you see, David spoke to Nathan, the prophet, and told him his heart that I want to build a house for the Lord. Nathan said, That's a good thing. You're free, go ahead. And then he left the palace. While he was leaving, the Spirit of God met him there and told him, Go and tell him that he's not the one, that his hand is full of blood. And that it is his son that would build the house of God. Those who are to build God's house are sons. Yeshua is the son of God. You and I are sons of God. So we are builders of the house of God. Now, Nathan was told by the Spirit of God that his son, Solomon is a man of peace. So it is in his era that the house will be built. So I said that the building of God's house can only be done during the time or season of peace. So I asked, can you interpret? Hallelujah. Okay, so, I mean, this is multi-layered. Um, one layer would be like an end of strife has given. To be honest with you, okay, we'll just read there. Second Samuel chapter 7. We'll just start with reading that. And we'll get some context even for what you just said now. Second Samuel chapter 7. It came to pass when David, when the king was dwelling in his house, the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around. So there was that sense, it was like a triggering, it looked familiar, for lack of better words, to David that the house of God ought to be built at a time of peace. And so he wanted to go and jump in ahead or whatever. This is the moment. See, exactly, yes, yes, yes. And that's what you actually see with many of the people that understand the movements of God. When they see something that looks like the season of that thing or whatever, they almost want to jump ahead for the sake of securing, making sure that thing is executed or done. But then the precision of what, when, you know, the timings of the Lord is critical for things to flow as they ought to be. So Nathan then came and said, actually, it's not now. It is later on. Not this era of peace, but the future one. Um, there's so many things that can be drawn from that. But um, I also understand that shalom is also not, um, it's not just peace as in peace the way we know it to be as in things are gentle. But God's house is built um, as things of God that are contrary to God are destroyed. So, for example, um, yes, yes, yeah. In, in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for shalom is shin, lamed, and mem. Shin means to destroy. Lamed means authority or staff. Um, they're shaped like a, like a rod. And then mem means chaos. Or scepter. Or scepter, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or scepter, yes, yeah. It means a head figure. Um, and then mem means troubling waters or chaotic waters. So shalom means that you have destroyed the authority that causes chaos. It is 
the, the, it's that thing that destroys the authority that causes chaos. That gives you, okay, you're actually, your mic, is your mic on? I think because of that reflection, it's bouncing off, yes. Hallelujah. Yes, it's gone. That is what causes, um, that's what allows the house to be built. Um, another verse for context, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, it's built by revelation, it's built by insight, and it's designed for the whole point being the destruction of the works of the enemy. For this reason, what well, Son of God may manifest to destroy the works of the devil, and there's so many other verses. But the major thing I want to center on was shalom, meaning the era of peace where the enemies of God are destroyed. It is in that context that the house of God can be built. Does that work? So, what comes to mind is the comparison between Martha and Mary. Okay, so what I understand by that is that David was a man after God's heart. Everything that God wanted, he did. He fought all the wars he fought were the wars of God. Um, but my understanding is that's not where the nature of God is built. The nature of God is built when you talk away and be with him and hear his heart. So that's what I understood by um, Solomon. Is not a man at war. He's he has enough calmness to. That's what I understood. Thank you. Go ahead. One thing that just came also, um, just because of the context in Scripture that revolves around um, every time God's house is being built, there is a necessity of people coming together. Mm -hmm. So um, David was a warrior and a militant person. But if you see Solomon, he's someone that kept on signing peace treaties. Now, even though those things led him in, a, in the wrong direction, but I know those things are prophetic in that Solomon is looking for how to end wars, for lack of better words, for lack of better words. And it speaks of reconciliation um, and ending eras of conflict, um, whether it's between, I personally believe that it's between us as, as in individuals, as in people, um, members of the body. So, yeah. But I want to ask a question. When I first heard it from your mouth, what came into my head was like, there is a kind of person that can build the house of God. And if you're not that kind of person in the context of a David, right? If you're not that kind of person, you are not going to be given the privilege, even though it's your heart's intention, you can't be given that privilege and responsibility to build the house of God. So when you said it, and Nathan comes back to him and says to him, the Lord just said to me that you will not build the house of the Lord, but your son will do that job. My, my mind was like, won't David mourn? Won't David be heartbroken? Won't he feel like God somehow disqualified him from doing that job, even though it was his heart's intention? So my mindset was like, there's a kind of person that qualifies to build a house. And if you're not that kind of person, you disqualify yourself. So where is, where is the place, what's the balance for fighting the wars of God and being a man of peace? How do you reconcile both kind of people? And it's important in the body of Christ. Okay. Right. Praise God. The picture I see is Moses, right? So 
Moses is born and yada yada yada, and then he gets to a point where the way that he wants to launch is to be someone that is fighting the wars of God or fighting for the people of Israel. Uh, but God quickly um, holds him and takes him and conforms and molds him into a man of peace. Uh, and then that type of man is the one that is now able to lead his people out and build the temple of God. We see the same thing with um, Yeshua. When he comes, the uh, expectation of the Messiah is one that will come for war. But God's intention is to build his tabernacle first. So he's, he's being conformed into a person of peace. So everything, the training for him is to be a person of peace. I think that the issue with David is that he had grown old and there was not sufficient time for him to be molded back into a person of peace. That's, that's what I think. Okay, I kind of feel like um, like how um, John was the person to make way for Jesus to come. He was kind of like, quote-unquote, a rough person. And Jesus was more of a gentle, dovish person. And I feel like they're kind of like the same. David kind of cleared the way so that Solomon could come and build the temple. <laughs> I like that. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. Now, that also brings us back to that issue of stages. You understand? You get? Like there is, when you're constructing a home or a house, there is a whole lot, I hope you hear, you know, there's a whole lot of um, digging or pruning. That's what John the baptizer was doing. You understand? Making way for the, the making room for the clear, making the the path straight, raising, you know, so he was into uh, what do you call this thing? Uh, eh? Digging, are you getting me? Breaking it, you understand? Uh, Uprooting and taking out. I hope you hear, and making room. I don't know if you hear. Now, if you look at the, and I want to thank every single person that contributed, because um, even I myself, you know, I didn't have the fullness of everything. Did you hear me? Now, the person who is, is like an evangelist now. An evangelist is going out, do you understand, to all the rough places and all that, that you get. Uh, and then his message is usually crude and, you know, energetic, effervescent, and all that stuff, right? Whereas a teacher, you get. So there is the early rain and the latter rain. Did you hear me? So there's the rain that prepares the ground. And then there is the rain that grows, matures. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So understanding all those things helps us to know where we stand. Did you get? 
So we cannot afford to do without the Spirit of God. That's what led us into all these things. Because the thing you are dealing with is not, what you're dealing with is not what you see with your bare eyes. When you're dealing, when, when you get into priesthood, when you're dealing with, when you are into priesthood, you must have the consciousness of what you are involved in. I don't know if you hear me. Now, when you are trying to harness materials for the assignment, you cannot be going out into Babylon to go and harness. Whatever it is that you bring from Babylon will build Babylon. It will not build Christ. Did you hear me? You can't build Zion. So you have to know this. Did you hear me? You have to know this. So you can't be bringing Babylon and expect that Babylon will help you build Christ. No, Babylon will consolidate himself inside the church. And that is what has been happening. That's why when uh, God now tells his people, come out of her, my people, he wasn't telling them to come out of Babylon outside. This is the Babylon inside the church. Did you hear? The one outside, they are not hearing. Those ones, they are, what they will see is signs and judgments. And Did you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. The process, and this is where we have to also understand the process of the conclusion of the matter. I don't want to allow myself to stray away, but there are going to be earth-shaking things, signs and symbols I hope you hear me. You know, movement of the sun and the stars and the, you understand, the elements. And the purpose and the reason for that is not to put fear into a believer, but it's to help the believer get, let go of what he has been holding precious. Did you hear me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, uh, keeping it going, like uh, my son would say, let's, <laughs> let's keep it going. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you must understand that it's not one thing. It's not one personality that you are building. Did you hear me? By that I mean, it's not, yes, you are building God. True. But you have to understand that is not only David. It's David, Chude, Uche, Ephiok, uh, Francis, Ngozi, you understand? So these are all different shapes and sizes stone. of the stone. Now, they are different, something made them different sizes. But you are going to carry all the stones to the quarry to chisel and remove things and refine each block or each brick so that they can be able to align together. And when they are aligning together, they are aligning the same height, the same width, the same length. If not, they, they cannot be... They, the construction 
doesn't have noise there. If actually, Jerusalem was busy doing their thing. The Bible clearly states that there was no sound of chiseling in Jerusalem while the temple was being built. So which means that it's not by observation. That's what Yeshua said. He said it's not by, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. You see, you can't say, see, it's here, or see, it's there. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Did you hear what I'm saying? So it's a silent walk. So when you now come up and expect to see something, show me a sign. There's no sign. They told Yeshua to show them a sign. And they said, listen, the only sign I can show you is the sign of Jonah. Hmm? And immediately we, you know, it says, Jonah, did he say, who was in the, belly of, uh, in the belly of hell? Did he say that? No. Did he say that? Can we read it? Please pull it out. The belly of the earth. Now, when you when look through the sign of Jonah, you will see that the sign of Jonah was not only the staying inside the belly of the whale. What did they say? As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's wonderful. There's what? Okay. The other ones? So Matthew, I'm going to read now Matthew 16, verse 4. And it says there, it just stops right there. No sign should be given except the sign of Jonah the prophet. And he left them and departed. That's in a few chapters, a few chapters later. Then in Luke 11, verse 29, he says, For Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so son of man shall be to generation. And then he stops there. I like that one. Yes, sir. He said as what? Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites. That's right. Can you see that? So what we are supposed to do is to go to Nineveh to find out what happened in Nineveh. Did you see? So in Nineveh, there was an eclipse of the sun. And before that, there was uh, an outbreak of... Uh, there was an outbreak of... Um, of uh, plague. Did you hear? And that was what caused the repentance. Did you hear? So those were signs that took place in Nineveh. So when Jonah now came, yeah, those were signs that had, they had gone through civil war and civil war and civil war and then they, that's why the king, immediately he just said that God said repent. Ah, everybody just said, okay. Because <laughs> there was a need. So from the king, all of them stripped themselves naked, wore sackcloth, 
poured ashes on their head and fasted. What came to me was even for now, as all of these things are happening now, it's creating room. I've even seen how the bad things happening on the earth could be the mercy of God. So that when prophetic words are now given by the church, That's right. everyone is like, ah, let's just respond quickly to That's God in repentance. That's the purpose of all that. That's why Yeshua said that there will be earthquakes in diverse places. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Pestilences, the roaring of the waves. Do you understand? And then men's hearts failing them for fear of things approaching. That's right. So what it's supposed to do is to bring you it's what you call gripping stuff. Bring you to your, you know, all the things like when you see, if you've seen an elderly person die, maybe a grandmother, grandfather, or a father, he would want to call everyone and he would give a last words. And he's usually clearing himself of all the trappings of this earth. So you see that guy, I've forgiven him. This one, I don't have anything against this guy. I don't. I, I, then after all that, you say, I'm now ready to meet my creator. Did you hear me? When my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law, as my wife's grandmother, when she was going to die, that morning, I heard she sang songs and all that. Took a shower. Okay? I think, I can't remember whether she ate, but she told her daughter, who is my uh, mother-in-law, I'm ready to meet my creator. Did you hear? Praise God. So that, those processes are always there. Did you hear? Because you don't want to carry offense to the yonder world. <laughs> you don't want to carry <laughs> offense and anger and all those things. No, you want to be free from all the trappings of this earth. So, Yeshua is the one who says, don't be troubled for the end is not yet. This is only a uh, sign and the beginning of birth pangs. Did you hear that? Birth pangs. So because of that, don't be troubled. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let me quickly, and Pastor Judy, I'm sorry I'm not giving you opportunity. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Um, so coming back we must understand what God is looking for. That's why every man who says he's a pastor or who is a minister must know the program of God. I hope you hear me. Now, being a minister is not an occasion for you to be shining at the pulpit. Did you hear me? Are we together, please? Uh-huh. Because the assignment here is to go into the dimensions of the invisible to pull out nuggets of life to give to God's people. Did you hear? Hallelujah. Praise God. So with the consciousness of the state of things. Did you hear? Now, if you 
don't know the state of things, you will bring comedians into the church. And they will make jokes. And they will make jokes, and you call it Christian jokes. But the Bible doesn't encourage us to jest in. He doesn't. Sir? In his name. It's an abomination. But there are people who have made it a living. A source of living. And they bring it into the church and make jokes and everybody will laugh. What are you laughing about? Are you laughing because things are okay? Are you not conscious of the state that you are in? Shouldn't you be bothered about where you are and the liberation that ought to come to you? So the things that you should be making requests for are things, you're not supposed to be making requests for things that will help you pad yourself with Babylon. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Praise God. But rather, to strip yourself of the flesh. I hope you hear me. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when you understand this, and then you understand that, like I said before, that there's a community of people. Did you hear me? So I am not supposed to stand here and maintain myself as a priest. Me only. I'm supposed to call you and tell you what the Lord is requiring from you. He's requiring priesthood from you. Did you hear me? So I'm supposed to be teaching you priesthood. Did you hear? Are, are we together? Did you hear me? That is what it's supposed to be. And you are supposed to be able to understand the state of things in your life, in my life, and in the body of the Messiah. Did you hear me? So when we come to that realization, then you will see that all of us will now come together. It's no longer redeemed church, deeper life, Christ embassy, house on the rock, four square, and things like that. No, it is the body of Christ. I hope you hear me. So I can easily go into four square. Do you understand? Not only be free, receive. And four square should be teaching Christ in their own flavor. And if I go to redeem church, that's what I should get. So that's why Ephesians says, until we all come to the unity of the faith. Did you hear me? Now, that unity of the faith is unifying one stature. Now, when you see, the, say, until, we all come to the unity of faith unto the what? Measurement. So, there is a measurement which most of us don't know. But there is a measurement. And that me measurement has the foot measure, the leg measure, the torso, thighs and torso, the chest measure, the neck and the head. So there are different levels. I hope you hear me. And it comes into a full stature of a man. That is what God is looking for. 
I hope you hear what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. So when we understand that, we will now go into to work. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar set of people, and you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you have not just been called into the marvelous light for staying there. You are supposed to show forth. So there's something you and I are supposed to show forth. And we're supposed to show forth the what? Praises of him. I hope you hear me. So we're supposed to show forth praises of what? Him. Not praises of my pastor. I shouldn't be trying to be like my pastor, Pastor Chudi. Mm -mm. I'm supposed to see Christ in Pastor Chudi. I want to be like Christ. Because I've seen him in Pastor Chudi. I'm not supposed to push the Christ that I saw in Pastor Chudi and go for Pastor Chudi. <laughs> Did you hear? Did you hear? And Pastor Chidi will not be offended when I say it. <laughs> because there are some people who get offended. And deal with you for that. In the body of Christ. In the church. Hallelujah. I always want to ask this question. And this is my last before Pastor Chidi will round up for us. Why is God requesting for a priesthood? What is it that he's looking for? Is the earth running the way it ought to run? Huh? Is the earth running the way it ought to run? It's not. Did you hear? It's not. So there's something that is not fully in place. There was something that Pastor Dan Lady taught during the conference and I was hoping that he would be able to expand on it when he was talking about all the different fathers that were gatekeepers on earth. Did you hear me? You know that there are some pyramids. The pyramid of Giza. People are still not able to understand what it is there for. There are so many monuments that are just scattered around. People don't know what it is for. I don't know. You understand me? Now I'm not saying that we should go and pay attention to that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying that there are some priestly things that were being done that were left. Are you getting me? And if I go back to what Pastor Danlady was trying to teach, the responsibility of watching the earth is in the hands of the believer. And you have to be a priest to be able to know that and to be able to do that. Because the earth was designed for priesthood. Hallelujah. Pastor Chudi. Thank you, sir. Um, I thank God for this meeting, this session. You see, really, like the last things he said and what um, uh, Pastuche collaborated is he, the earth is designed to be governed by priests. And the um, understanding of priesthood is what helps us to actually 
grow into taking our positions as watchmen. Because every priest must be a watchman. Every priest must be a watchman. You are not just watching over the territory. You are also watching over the souls, souls of believers. Over the souls of believers. And that's why in priesthood, every man must come down from his high horse. From his high horse. You understand? Aha. The, the, the place that got to me very well is the issue of... Um, the issue of compassion that is outlined in, in, in Hebrews chapter 5. You see, without compassion, without compassion, no man will be a genuine priest. No man will be a genuine priest. And if you look at the present day configuration of the church, you see that that issue of compassion is lacking because we are so judgmental, so judgmental. So the, if you ask me, I will say that the hearts are not broken yet. The hearts are not broken yet. No man whose heart is broken can stand in the office of priesthood and yet behave as man. It's not possible. You're not standing in that office. The office of a priest, what qualifies you first is the righteousness. Righteousness. You must be in right standing, functioning in right standing. You must be an obedient servant. That is what qualifies you for that white linen. That's what qualifies you for that white linen. So there, there must be, in this season, I want to believe, yesterday night I was meditating while waiting for the time that I pray at midnight. I, I, I was still watching a film. I was watching a film, um, one film, um, you know, cast in the Arab mold. It's called Tyrant. So, uh, but what was coming to my heart was the issue of passionate seeking. If you are not passionately seeking the Lord, eh, no matter what you say, it doesn't matter a thing. It doesn't get anywhere. There must be hunger in the heart to seek him, to qualify to be the priest of the third day. The priest of the third day is not easily attainable. For a, the life of a priest is one born out of consecrations. It is one born out of consecrations. It's not because you are called. Everyone is called. Every one of us is called. Everyone. Every believer is called. But what qualifies and distinguishes you is different consecrations that you have chosen for yourself to be able to be qualified in this day to officiate in the office of the priesthood. Far be be from me that I give to God that which cost me not in David's aid. It must cost you. And that is where consecration comes in. In fact, in our fellowship um, about four or five years back, there was a day, you know, we were listening to the Lord, and um, the Lord spoke that the, 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 the priesthood of the day will be that, that which will, you know, uh, which, will born out of, which will be born out of heightened consecrations. I wrote it down. And it was only one person among us that remembered that. But it was something that God spoke four or five years ago. It is now that the understanding is coming. 
It is now that the understanding of what is consecrations. Do you understand me? That qualifies one is coming. Because there's a way God will say something, then you, your understanding will yet grow into it. It will yet grow into it. So there can be, there can be a priest in our day functioning you know, on the basis of the heart of God who does not understand consecrations. Who does not understand consecrations? What is consecration? That which you must go through to be sure. To be sure. You must go through it. And nobody is legislating it. It's not a matter of legislation. That we must do this, we must do that. Yeah. Collectively, it could come. But we are talking of individual consecrations. Individual consecrations. Things you must go through individually for the purpose of this kingdom that this kingdom must come to pass first in you, then through you. First in you, then through you. That is when you become dignified in the spirit. You are not dignified because you are hiding under microphone or one pulpit and you are dishing out uh, principles. No, 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 no. The heart must be emptied completely. The heart must be crushed completely. And it's crushed at the place of consecration. At the place of consecration. So one of the things we must take very serious in our day is the issue of consecration. Personal consecrations. Yes, we have collective ones when we gather, we pray, we fast. You understand me? We worship. Yeah. But there must be individual consecration because it must cost you it must cost you. If it does not cost you, it is not good for God. It is not good for God. Remember that statement was made with respect to you know, the, the, the land where the temple was built. Huh? The threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite. Yes, that statement was made with respect to that parcel of land where the temple will be built. It was at a point where the angel drew his sword. Hallelujah. And guess what? It was the same site where the Lord was crucified. Hallelujah. So it is a place of consecration. A place of crucifixion is the place where the building, where the building of God's house is starting from. If you're not being crucified, the building is not being erected. It's not being erected. Remember, it's a spiritual house. It's God's building. You are not the builder. The builder is God. But you must put yourself in a position where, where, it, is, where it is inviting to God to come and build. If it's not inviting to him, appealing to him to come and build, he will not come. You are not the builder. Because the builder must be God. So you must, be, you must be sure that you present your life to him in such a manner that it will be appealing to him, knowing that you are willing to be built. He must know that you are willing to be built. For if you're not willing, he cannot come. He can't touch that which you hold on to tenaciously, that you love. He cannot. He cannot. Hallelujah. So let's just say a short prayer. Let's just, let's just say a short prayer. Lord, help me. Help me. 
Help me to come into understanding of that which must be my personal consecration in this season. That which must be my own personal consecration. Yes. Help me, Lord. Direct my heart to this. Direct my heart to this. I am willing. I am willing to be built upon. I am willing to be built upon. I am willing to be constructed. Yes. Deconstruct me, O Lord. Deconstruct me. Deconstruct me, O Lord. Deconstruct me. So that you can reconstruct me. Deconstruct me. Deconstruct my appetite. Deconstruct the appetite of Babylon. Because no material of Babylon can be used in the house of God. If not, what will be built again is Babylon in the house. Deconstruct every Babylonian position, every Babylonian appetite, every Babylonian motives, motivations. Motivations, love. Yes, the strange apparel within the camp that brings the cause of God that is a weight that, that, that will make it impossible for joining. Oh Lord, deconstruct them, deconstruct them. Empty me up completely. Empty me up of Babylon completely, oh Lord. So that I'll be easy, I'll be light for joining with you. I'll be light for joining. I am willing to bring the, the, the prescribed obedience. The prescribed obedience. I am willing to bring it, oh Lord. I am willing to bring it. Yes, I have come to agree. It will cost me. It will cost me. All it will cost is me, 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 me. I, myself. That is all that it will cost. It won't cost anything more than me. <laughs> it won't cost anything more than self. It won't cost anything more, oh Lord. Oh Lord, help me. Help me that my appetite will be for thee. My appetite will be for thee. Not for that which is detestful to you. In Jesus' name. And that Father, we thank you. We thank you, oh Lord. That's why you are our Father. Because you hear our prayers. You hear our prayers. We know that you are always willing to join with us. Always willing to come to us. But the offense is that which we have become. That we learned from the, last, uh, from the first Adam. That, that, that is very offensive to you. And all of that we want to bring to the altar, Almighty God. We, we sacrifice at the altar, Almighty God. We offer unto you all of that, Jehovah, so that you can deal with them, O Lord. Deal with this appetite for sinning. Deal with this appetite that turns his back, that always wants to turn his back to you whenever it is necessary, almighty God, just to gratify the flesh, oh Lord. Deal with it among us that no such things will be found among us. Or rather, our hearts will be panting after you, panting after you, so that we can be lost in you, Jehovah, be lost eternally in you, oh Lord. 
help our hearts, almighty God. Any area, dark recesses for our hearts that are not given to you, almighty God, crush completely. We bring our hearts to you, Jehovah, for judgment, for your own judgment, for your own illumination, so that we can see that which is inside of us, almighty God, and be willing to offer it to you, O Lord. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts for your name's sake. Touch our hearts for your kingdom's sake. God, touch our hearts that we may learn your culture, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, one of the things that, um, before we just call friends, come on, you give the announcement. If you read the book of Revelation 18, it talks about that Babylon has become the habitation of spirit and devils. There is no any in here. You know, people go to, people put their resources, their time, their commitment. You see a believer, a believer wants to become a graduate. He will burn candle night. Burn candle night and, but when he has to do with God, he will sleep away time. Do you understand? The truth is that there is no any learning that will set you free from spirit. No there is no any learning here or anything you know here outside God. You are seeing bondage to spirit. There is nothing that can set any man free here. And you see, no matter everything you've known, you know nothing. As far as spirit is concerned. That's why all the things you know, one spirit can come and slap at you and bend your mind one way. There is nothing you know that will make you to be free from deception, that will make you to be free from influence of the devil, nothing except God. So any learning here is useless because any learning produces a life. Any learning here is useless. You know nothing. You are nothing without him. And it's just what Pastor Trudy said. Why is it? Learning God is not coolie coolie and gari. To learn God, there are things that you must let go. To learn God, there are price to pay. There are desire you must, you know, you know, you know, to most of us, most especially young people, you think that, you know, one of the things that most people think, you think that your, your certificate, your certificate, spirit, spirit, spirit don't respect your certificate. Spirit don't respect your labor in the flesh or what you want to become tomorrow. They don't, they have access to those sorts of life. So there's no guarantee to any life you pick up here. Without the backing of the spirit, there's no guarantee to short life. So all those life is a waste. That's not the truth. So that's a deception. When it has to do with the things of God, when it has to do with the things of God, you know, this attitude and this character, and when it has to do with your, that's when you, that's excitement to put in our job, in our commitment. And when it has to do, and you think, no, you can't escape it though. 
You, no, you can't, in this world, no, you can't escape it. And, and that, try to dodge it. Try to, whether decide to be defied, no man can escape it. Time will come when the thing that God needs to do, when the thing only God can do, we arise. Is that time nobody tell you to pray? No, you see that you refuse to learn. You will learn it by force. You are going, that thing you refuse to, you are going to learn it by force. For anything, God created the earth for Himself. God did not create. God did not create the earth. Those, for instance, you know, we pray for angel to guide us. Was it the job of angel to guide man before? It wasn't the job of angel. Man was man has so much capacity carrying God to guide himself. Man doesn't need angel to as in talk about protect him. Like he said, we guide again. This is a reason of fall. It's because of man falling. Man, there are things that we man doesn't need. Do you understand? So you, when we when when we pursue certain things and we give ourselves, no matter what you get outside God, that is fake of you. Or if there is any word like that, if that is not you. That is not your originality. That is not who you are. That is the old man. That is not your originality can be found like what Papa was saying on Saturday. Can only be found in God and can only be found in history. So what Pastor Truly said, we can't really because you can't say you can't say to build your soul. You have to do prayer twenty minutes, or you have to do ten minutes. I will ask you to get your certificate in school. Which kind of labor do you put in? Vanity. What, what kind of level do you put in? But when it has to do with God, when you do uh, 20 minutes, you sleep with those off. And you want to, you want to enjoy liberty. You are free, but it's not in mouth. There is a price to pay. You see, we need to hammer these things sometimes. You know, there, there's no need to pump. We need to hammer these things. Sometimes, it's not, you don't wake up, shakara, shakara, you want to enjoy liberty. Now lie. You know, they walk that way. You have to work it out. As a place of working, because the earth is designed for which to actually express God. The word is God for which we express God. That's the reason why we are here. That's why in everything you are getting, make sure you get wisdom and make sure you get understanding. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, sir. Hallelujah. No, I won't, I won't preach anything. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, immersion. Um, is there communion? There is. Okay, okay. Hallelujah. Okay. We just blessed the Body, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body. Thank you for your blood. You showed us the way as the lamb that was slain, Lord Jesus. You did not deny yourself, Lord Jesus. You, did not deni you denied yourself, Lord Jesus. Yes, you denied yourself, Lord Jesus, so that we can experience freedom. You denied yourself. You allowed your body to be broken. You allowed your blood to be spilled. You were obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your example, your exemplary sacrifice. And we that want to follow in your footsteps, we will do the same. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we come to the table of the Lord? And I said I wasn't going to preach, but because we're taking communion, I'll say something. Hallelujah. I was reading Revelations 12, and I discovered that the book of Revelations is only concerned with people that are willing to allow themselves to die. Hallelujah. 
So if you're not going to allow yourself to die, that book is not for you. Because you'll be locked out, yes. And even if somehow you're listening to a teaching about it, and at the end you don't allow yourself to go through that process, you have nothing. The Bible says that. <laughs> you have nothing to do with this book. You'll be a part of that city. You'll be a part of what God is doing. And in the ages to come, you'll be a part of outer darkness. Something that's also worth um, noting is that there is no price that God is asking you for that you are not going to have to pay at some point. The wise person will pay it up early. Hallelujah. And then the foolish ones will pay it later. Yes. The Lord showed me this um, when um, I was dealing with something. It was lust or something or whatever at the time. And the Lord told me that every consecration that you have to go through to consecrate yourself, if you don't do it now, you're going to do it later on. The difference is that later on, there'll be no reward for it. That's a major difference. So you can choose to consecrate yourself unto God now, deal with the, um, this worldly lifestyle now, in your heart now, or in the age, and be rewarded by being a commander in the ages to come. Or in the ages to come, you still have to go through the war. People think that in the ages to come, um, everything will be done like that. Yes, it's true that there won't be a world of righteousness, and there'll be no sin there, but you'll not be able to practice that life without exercising yourself. And you have to untrain yourself of your entire lifestyle of living worldly, worldly, living worldly, yes. And then have to now imitate those who are living like Jesus of that, of that age. In the next age, the new Jesus of the, age, of the next age after that, you have to learn that as well. And forever you'll be one step behind everyone else. Hallelujah. So may God give us wisdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. To choose the embarrassment. Embrace your, the embarrassment of, of this age. Now, just say, if you're ashamed of me in this generation, I'll be ashamed of you in the ages to come. Hallelujah. So please embrace consecration. Speaking of embracing consecration, we're praying um, this evening. PHB Youth will be starting by 11 p.m. Hallelujah. And we'll be praying on Zoom, not, not live here in person. Okay, so join us. Our goal is to pray the prayer of the saints. Hallelujah, yes. And what that looks like is... Um, learning how to release ourselves and pray um, prayers that are, um, what should we call it? Um, I like how Paul Gideon says it, um, throne room prayers. Now, we can pray those prayers in a one-hour, two-hour meeting, amen? Our desire, though, hallelujah, is to begin to exercise ourselves in this capacity. Hallelujah. So what does that look like? We'll be praying for the church, praying for the next generation, praying for what God wants to do on the earth. Hallelujah but mostly praying for young people, the next generation. I think I was listening, may have somebody, because we were listening to a message before um, the school started, and in the message, they're talking about a dream that Bob Jones had. In that dream that Bob Jones had, they were selecting people for this time that we're in now. And what was happening was that we were looking at different bloodlines, and they were picking people that would be the finishers. And angels specifically made sure that the people that are on the earth at this time were hand-selected for this age. Hallelujah. And that's why you see all the chaos of Satan to cripple this generation because he knows that all of us were born for such a time as this to finish what God wants started, exactly. So the, all of the cage people are in is so that God's intention will not be fulfilled. So we have to help, you know, pray some people out, free some people from different things. Hallelujah. Speaking of freedom from different things, um, the immersion is upon us. Hallelujah. Um, we want to start praying. We've already started praying, right, towards um, the immersion? Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Fasting starts on the 25th. I will encourage you to start fasting sooner. Hallelujah. 
But corporately, I know that um, we want to make sure some things are in place first. Hallelujah. But um, please register if you have not. You can register by visiting the website securingnextgeneration.com. Hallelujah. Um, you can also register by visiting our, our um, Instagram pages. You see the links um, in our bio. Hallelujah. Please join in um, whatever you can. Um, we pray towards this as well. Um, if you have a young person that you know needs help, um, that you need, know needs to get activated in the things of God, this is a wonderful opportunity um, through which um, this will be poured out. This is not a, um, what is the word now? Not partisan. Well, it's not partisan as in, it's not a ministry meeting per se. This is meant to be administration to the body. Hallelujah. I feel a very strong evangelistic unction. So I want to encourage you, if you um, know someone that needs help, um, they're dealing with addictions, um, that you can tell they have a calling on their life, they need to get their life right. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful opportunity for them to discover purpose, identity, and liberty. Hallelujah. I believe that is everything. We have Kingdom Praying Women coming up um, in about two weeks. Less than two, in less than two weeks. Um, there we go, yes. And it's going to be happening on the, what's the actual date, Michael? 22nd. 22nd, yes. Hallelujah. So please um, join, join these beautiful women here. Hallelujah. That's our all um, praying so beautifully unto the Lord. Except for that one, her eyes are, her eyes are open. <laughs> don't, don't be, well, watch and pray, the Bible says. So maybe she's watching. Hallelujah. But um, it's not just for women only. It's allowed, right? <laughs> but, oh, yeah, be alert, right? Be alert, yeah. Not just women only. It also includes men. Hallelujah. I encourage you to come and be a part of it. Uh, the word that we got for blessed, you're blessed. Um, the Lord is strengthening your gates, and he is blessing your children within. was actually given during Kingdom Praying Women. Hallelujah. And we've seen how powerful that word has been. Hallelujah. So join us. We want to receive more words. and want to pray out the will of God for our families. Hallelujah. Can we bless him with the Lord for today? Hallelujah. The words that were spoken. Hallelujah. We express gratitude. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you've done in our hearts and our minds. We bless what you're doing, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we share the grace of God in fellowship? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, for we are the dwelling place of God forever and ever. Amen. Please sow your seeds, drop your offering, give your tithe. Bless Francis and Seaboard Jr. Um, hallelujah. Offering basket is here. Um, transfer information on the screen. You're blessed. You're officially dismissed. Hallelujah. Don't forget, Youth Vigil at 11 p.m. on Zoom.